So they're a creative team, just like us. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly like us. Times I have to tell you this is not supposed to be fun or funny. So, <laughs> hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Geek Chew Podcast, where we chew over the geek things that we love. I'm Eamon. I'm Charlene. That's what our website says. Figured I'd throw that in there. Oh, see how that goes. Yeah. So this week we're going to talk like about. Um, well, there's an article from the Atlantic that you found that you wanted to cover. Yeah, I just want to discuss the ideas in it. Yeah dealing with canon for works of fiction. Uh, but we also got Department H, Matt Kent's new ongoing from Dark Horse. So we read issue one, and we're also going to get into that. Um, yesterday, I went to the VA hospital for you know, visiting with patients and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think we can pretty much agree that nobody that really knows me would describe me as socially adept. <laughs> right. And, you know, going and interacting with people is not your you know, comfort zone. Yeah. So we go there, I get paired up with one of the patients there, old guy, uh, retired. He can't really communicate except he has this little card where he points to letters and numbers and that's how he communicates. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah. And before, <laughs> before we start, they, they, kind of pull me to the side and they're like, just so you know, he's going to be like real sad when we leave. So, Oh, I don't like this story yeah. already. <laughs> so I go up, I start, you know, talking to him. Turns out we have lots of similarity, like same jobs. Um, he's from the Boston area. He's from Lynn. Oh, really? All this stuff. And talking to him for like 10, 15 minutes. And, uh, come to a point in the conversation where it just kind of lulls, which happens. And he just kind of like slides the card away, puts it down. He's like, we're, we're done here. Oh, really? (laughs) He was not sad to see me go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, which was fine. (laughs) It's, it's fine to be at a point where we're finished. I just, you know, super, I really feel like I touched some lives. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was pretty funny. Um, but anyway, we can move into some of the, the news and stuff from, from the week. Um, if you had any. I like, I mean, Game of Thrones is coming this weekend. I know. I'm very excited for tomorrow. I yeah. specifically asked for the entire day off. <laughs> yeah. So that way I wouldn't miss anything happening tomorrow. Right. So, yes, I'm also running a half marathon tomorrow for some unknown reason. So if I'm never heard from again, it's because I'm dead. (laughs) This is already starting off as a very cheerful podcast. (laughs) Um, Uh, I had like a couple of things, but I mean, what were your expectations for the new season of Game of Thrones? Like, what are you excited about? Or dragons, lots of dragons. I need to know what happens (laughs) with Danny. I'm very excited about dragons. 
Also, the Arya storyline, I'm mm-hmm. hoping, gets a little bit more interesting. It's sort of, there was a lull. I know it was going in a direction, but it just wasn't something where I was, like, excited. You might be the only person who starts off with, I want to know, doesn't start off with, I want to know what happens with Jon Snow. <laughs> well, I know what happens with Jon Snow. He's dead, and he's not going to be dead for much longer. <laughs> I mean, it'll be interesting to know how. It'll be exciting to find out where that goes, but it's not going to be a complete surprise to me. Right. Like, I'm really excited about dragons. Yeah, I could tell. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I really... I just feel like it's one of those things, it's it's the big cliffhanger from last season with Jon Snow, and it's, it seems like one of those things that they're going to drag out for three or four episodes before it resolves in some way, you probably. You think so? They're, they're very limited in the number of episodes they make. Yeah, I know. And, I wish uh, I remembered everyone's names really well. It's ridiculous. I mean... Davos, is that his name? Yeah, Davos Seaworth. Yeah, right. I'm very excited about him stepping up a role, being more excited about or i'm more excited about his <laughs> in, in expanded role expanded role yeah at exactly per the trailer uh so yes tomorrow like night will be some ass kicking going on and just also more fun stuff more white walkers very the, excited about see john snow and the dragons they sort of go hand in hand right <laughs> i mean speculatory Anyway, no. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how they would go hand in hand. Well, do you want me to get into what my theories are, or do you want me to not ruin it for you? Um. Well, a theory is just a theory, I suppose, right? Nobody. Yeah, really but knows. it's 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 an it's sort of an educated guess. Oh yeah. <laughs> of put to, yeah, I mean, I haven't looked anything up because I don't want it to be ruined, but. Little hints and things have come out over time. So I think we talked about this a little bit at the end of last season. No. With Jon Snow's origin. Yeah, I just don't know what that has to do with his um, death or resurrection and the dragons. Like, well, dragons kill White Walkers. Jon Snow's going to be killing the White Walkers. Jon Snow is obviously. From the line of, of like, he's related to Daenerys because his dad is the crazy king guy. Right, but what does that have to do with him coming back to life? It doesn't. <laughs> well, well, he ha- I mean, it, well, he has to come back to life in order to ride dragons. Right. That's what it has to... You're, <laughs> you're not following here. <laughs> well, somebody's not. Anyway, yeah. <clears throat> it's just very exciting to yeah. see some dragon riding and some White Walker crisping. Veep and Silicon Valley are also coming back, and I'm all caught up on Veep. Oh, you are? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. When have you had time to do that? Where have I been? At work? I don't know. I wasn't... I didn't have that much to go. For, How many seasons are there? Three? I think they're starting their sixth or fifth. Oh, goodness. Might be the fifth. But, uh Yeah. I like both those shows. I still feel like we should watch at least the last episode of the second season of Silicon Valley, because I'm going to want to watch it. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to watch it. Um, I don't think it's something that I'm going to be able to watch week to week and keep up with, but I'm happy to watch it when it's on. It's not going to be one of those where I'm like, oh, you just watch it without me. 
um, I'll go in the other room or let's not right. have that on when I'm home, that kind of thing. But I don't think it's something I'm just going to be keeping up with. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how it goes. I mean, maybe I'll watch that last episode in the, of the last season and then start on the new one and get really into it. And then right. it's just, it's too The hard. last episode of last season was really good. I think I watched it with you though. You didn't. Okay. But, uh, we got our tickets for civil war. Yes. Saturday, not Friday. Well, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost when it comes out mm-hmm. the May 7th, Saturday. Uh, so been hearing a lot of good things about it, especially, well, just everything basically, but super excited for some of the new stuff like Spider-Man and the Spider-Man yes. movie is moving along. Also, they have a title. Oh, they do? Yeah. It's, it's called Spider-Man Homecoming. Like, like with a parade and a king and a queen. Yeah. I'm, Cause he's in high school. Right. So I think it's kind of probably like a double meaning he's kind of mm-hmm. coming home to marvel sort of they're more involved i know he still belongs to sony for as far as movie rights go but uh they came out with the logo which is uh i don't know it's more it looks more cartoon it looks more like spider-man and friends the way <laughs> i mean it's cool it looks yeah. fine but uh and they were talking about uh michael keaton playing the villain and i guess that just in the span of like a week kind of fell through. Uh, there, there was just speculation that he was going to be the vulture. Oh, but now very Birdman. Yeah. And Batman. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, uh, but he's not going to be in it now, I I guess, but they did, uh, sign Robert Downey Jr. To be Iron Man. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. Right. (laughs) Or Tony Stark, whatever. But well, they obviously are friends. Yeah. Oh, and also slightly related to Civil War because of Black Panther. Listen to an NPR podcast with um, an interview with who I now know is Tanahasi Coates, and not the way I've been pronouncing it throughout our previous podcasts, which was Tanahisi, because it's spelled I-S-I, but that's not how you say it. So it was, it was a, it was a good podcast. It was, I mean, it was like a 20 minute interview about his Black Panther run. And, uh, it was interesting just him talking about transitioning and trusting the artist is easier for him because he didn't really start as like a prose writer. He was a poet. Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah. It was a good interview. I think it was, uh, the fresh air. She's on pop culture, happy hour. Sometimes Audrey, Audra, Audra, McDonald, <laughs> Audrey Isn't Cornish, or? Audrey McDonald. That was a podcast I was listening to on how to be amazing. Never mind. Yeah, we'll Audrey Cornish. Okay, so Audie, Audie, Audie Cornish. We got oh my it. gosh, <laughs> <laughs> we're there. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> wow. I have some other stuff, but did you have anything you wanted to jump in with? Well, Prince died. Yes, it's very sad. Yes. It's so weird. I mean, it like, it's weird. mostly like the mysteriousness of it is weird. And yeah, I never was like a me listener, but, but you just know the magnitude of his, you know, influence, influence, <laughs> but he like, it's weird. They're not releasing any information about, 
I'm more interested in the death aspect of this whole thing than the fact that, you know, the music legend's gone, which <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but um, just it'll be interesting to see what happened. Yeah. Um, also, I've been listening to, are we going to talk about podcasts? Again, I don't have any. Yeah, um, I've been listening to Embedded. Except for the one I just talked about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't even remember who did the interview, that one. Um, the new NPR podcast. Yeah, Embedded. It's really good. Yeah. I, um, I listened to The Capitol, The Bikers, and The Police. I'm not actually completely through The Police episode. I feel like I listened to one other one as well, but maybe I didn't. But um, it's almost like listening. It's it's serial esque, but it's all encapsulated into one episode. Episode, and it's it's just really good storytelling. It yeah. really is. They're the capital is about El Salvador and the crime there and gang um, gang rule and uh, this bus shootings that were going on and the bikers was here something i didn't hear about because we didn't live here at the time but like the waco shootout with um the banditos and the cossacks craziness but yeah yeah i mean you hear about biker gangs and i mean i don't really think about them as being a threat a thing <laughs> but apparently that's really really a thing so you know as far as like organized crime thing not yeah. just people who go riding right. together in motorcycle clubs right <laughs> um yeah so that was interesting it was just interesting also way into gilmore girls just keeps getting better yeah yep not sure i'm happy with some of the turns that it's taken but you know rory is a teenage girl so she's gonna make some poor choices <laughs> I know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? From all that time you spent as a teenage girl? That's right. Yeah. And then Kimmy Schmidt's back. Yes. Yeah. We watched two. the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. And it's... Just as good as ever. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, funny. it's the same show. It's, you know, just that quirky... Uh, it really is just like a Netflix. It's amazing that the show gets made. You know, I know a lot of people say that. Um, but it... I guess nobody knows how Netflix tracks their viewership, but it seems pretty popular mm -hmm. in the you know pop culture sphere. And it, it is, it's just, it's funny and uh, really enjoy watching it with the kids too, even though right. they don't get half of it, you know, right. <laughs> but, but it's even nice Tegan that we, still likes it. Yeah. And, it's nice that we have that with them where it's like something that, every one of us can enjoy and I'm not like uncomfortable watching it with them. Yeah. Yeah. Netflix has just really got some really great stuff. The, you know, um, I just saw online yesterday, Jessica Jones won a Peabody award. Peabody. I guess they call it. We're from the Northeast. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> North shore, Massachusetts. It's Peabody, but yeah, yeah. everywhere else. A it's Peabody, Peabody award. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't know. It's, it's all very good. That's all I had for like. Okay. Well, um, little snippets. I guess I, I wanted to talk about Moon Knight number one, 
and you didn't want to talk about it, but it came out last week. No, I did want to talk about it, but I forgot about it and didn't read it. <laughs> Dang. You didn't read it. You no. read it? No. You read Moon Knight number one. Oh, I did. <laughs> and then I said oh, we should talk about it. And you, you were like, what? oh, I don't want to talk about that. I remember now. I had blocked it out. It's too, it's very, okay, I do want to talk about it. It's just really sad. It's difficult for me, especially anything. I have no Moon Knight background. None. Right. Zero. Yeah, Absolutely nothing. N- no idea of the origin um, until I read the intro to the book. Um, but this book starts and, and dude, what do you have all the names written down? Because I can't remember them all. Well... Well, it's written by Jeff Lemire, and the art is by Greg Smallwood, and uh, Mark Spector is Moon Knight. Well, there's this blur between reality and fiction. We don't know, just from reading this as an isolated story, or the beginning of a new run. Right. Um, Intro for us to Moon Knight. We don't know if Mark Spector is actually Moon Knight. Or if he's crazy. Right. It makes me very Because all you really know is that he's he's in some kind of institution. You don't know how he got there or necessarily who's keeping him there. The, right. You don't know what's real, what's not real. what, And neither does he. It's it's That kind of thing is really hard for me. And like the mental health stuff where people are being abused. And yeah. um, so it's not that I don't like it. It's yeah. that it made me very uneasy in a good way i think it's supposed to it it drew me in but i had to set it aside and not think about it like i said i thought i didn't read it and now that i'm remembering (laughs) it all it's all coming back it's just very graphic in that way um emotionally twisting i yeah what did you think no it was a really good book um yes i mean it's written very well the story is going in a great direction even the art is Really cool. You know, it starts yes, out. The colors are amazing. Yeah, the colors are, are different than they, I don't know, just the style uh, changes. You know, you think it's gonna, the first couple pages are actually um, kind of a dream sequence, I guess. Right. And I mean, the color has a lot to do with where you are in reality. Right. And, you know, then it moves into he's in this institution and, um, you know, he's in the dream. He's talking to Khonshu, the Egyptian god that gives him his power. Yeah, is that moon god. Yeah, I don't. Um, That's how I would have pronounced it. But yeah, but yeah and the story moves forward, and you kind of get these weird clues about what's going on or what might be going on, and that's the whole thing. Yeah, might be going on. Like maybe he it really is crazy. And, and he, yeah, I mean, he seems crazy when he raps his head in a sheet to make his moon Knight mask. And all of a sudden he can see this other reality possibly of what's actually going on. But moon Knight's also on the TV and they're like, no, there's a moon Knight, but that's not you. Right. Which is just another layer of scary for me. Just knowing that they're not completely rebooting the character. Mark Spector is moon Knight. You know, it seems to me that they're just messing with him in a, a different kind of way in that institution. Okay. Um, 
It's that's hard that's for... my read on it, though. Okay. Well, I didn't know that Mark Spector is Moon Knight. Right. I mean, coming into it as a brand new reader. Yeah. It's it was just, good. It was, it's good, but it's rough. I'm going to keep really getting rough. it. Good. Yeah. I mean, I'll keep reading it and we'll see how uneasy it makes me and if <laughs> I can actually really continue. I mean, it clearly is well written enough that it. Right. It got to you. It yeah. got to me. <laughs> so. Um, I watched a documentary, Fire Rises, about the Nolan Batman trilogy. Mm-hmm. That was really good. It's uh, available online. And I saw that it was available online through an article on comic book resources. But the documentary came with, like, the box set of these movies uh, when you bought them on Blu-ray. But it was a it was a really good doc because it looked at all three movies. And it, I mean, there was, there was a lot of stuff in there from casting to Nolan's vision to um, the importance of that trilogy to just the superhero genre. Mm-hmm. of movies stuff that you know i didn't really know at the time when they were coming out and even the construction of the movies they made each one like they were only going to make like they made batman begins like that was the only movie they were going to make um and it, they just left openings and fit things together it was it was pretty cool especially especially considering you know up to that point nolan hadn't really done more than a couple movies, Memento and something else. And, mm-hmm. uh, to give them, to give him, you know, control of the Batman franchise in a completely reboot kind of way, which they hadn't really done for a superhero in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a really good doc and you can watch it online and I'd recommend it. But we also went to see Batman V Superman again. Yes. So, uh, I don't know. Was what did you think of it the second time? I don't know. I mean, I don't feel any differently. I, yeah. I one of the things I noticed more the second time was just the score. Uh, I really liked it. You know, it was Hans Zimmer. The Wonder Woman music's my yeah. favorite thing. Right. I just want to. We should just buy it so I can listen to that. It can be my theme music. We're, we're going to. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, it was it was Hans Zimmer who's done everything. The Nolan Batman movies. Mm-hmm. He did Man of Steel, uh, and but he worked with this other junkie XL. That's I think, especially the Wonder Woman stuff is what really sticks in my head as kind of a little more dirty. You know, mm-hmm. has that um, metallic sound, or I don't I don't know how to describe it, but. Hans Zimmer said this is, you know, he's after this movie, he was done with uh, superhero movies. He's just for reals. Yeah. Just, well, because he's been doing it for like 10 years and there's only so much, I guess, creativity and wiggle room when you're working on a superhero, you know, the article I read said something like the sonic language of a superhero movie only is pretty constricting or restrictive when you're composing music. And he just, he couldn't, he didn't feel like he'd be able to come up with anything, you know, new, you know, I guess that would do justice to, uh, 
So they're just going to have to find some other musical genius. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. The second time around, the the movie seemed a little smoother to me. Maybe it was just because the first time we had the kids with us. and um, It's always distracting a little bit. Yeah. When you have to sit next to Tegan. And I, which I you still don't didn't, ever have to do. I still didn't mind the, <laughs> mind the plot. And like you can, you can tell that the criticism of the movie is obviously valid. Uh, and I, I, I do see it as a, valid, but I, I do see it as a, this movie is more for some people than for others, you know? Yeah. I was, when I was, I was texting my dad yesterday cause he'd gone to see Deadpool and he wants to see Batman V Superman. And he was asking how it was and, you know, I was just kind of describing it shortly. And, you know, when you think, when you think about, there's a lot of, and this probably can transition to the article we're going to talk about because it specifically references Man of Steel and Zack Snyder's DC universe as far as canon and how many quote unquote Easter eggs are, are in some of these things, especially this movie, uh, the dream sequence with the paratroopers and the, the signs that point to dark side. And, um, even within that dream sequence, they kind of allude to the injustice, uh, storyline. Uh, right. That's all. Which in, we didn't read, but we know about. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all in a three minute sequence in the movie that, I mean, it looks cool. It's a really cool sequence, but there's so much in there that you wouldn't probably really get if you didn't have tons of background in, in comics and right or go do all this research about it yeah mm-hmm. um that said i i still liked it and um really i mean batman was awesome wonder woman was awesome yeah uh, she needs more screen time i cannot wait yeah for yeah we movie. see more and more uh, stills of the movie I, and it's too bad had, Hans Zimmer's not doing her score then because yeah didn't we um is there like a short little trailer that we watched for Wonder Woman I don't think so there is we'll have to look into that because I feel like there was like a short little sizzle reel out there maybe there was we watched mm, it it sounds familiar now <laughs> but it looks awesome uh it's very exciting oh that's another thing i had on here was trailers there's so we we missed a week and we're so far behind i guess we won't go back and talk about trailers maybe uh next week we can hit on some of the more recent trailers but right uh, i know i i had because we just watched all the huntsman stuff yeah and they're really putting out more trailers i mean we don't have cable so we don't see but right you know on hulu and everything the trailers are Tegan's like, Oh, this is that thing you were watching about anyway. Yeah. So the article we were going to talk about is from the Atlantic. It's called enough with the Canon. It's written by Asher Elbing. Yeah. Elbing? And that's, I was glad you took the lead on that. I thought you had it all squared away. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> sure which way to go with it, but, um, it's probably Elbing. Probably. Although it doesn't really look like it when I read it, but, um, (laughs) we could break it down a little further if we wanted to and keep talking about his name, but we should probably move to the article. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Um, but it, obviously it talks about the canon, the, the backstory of 
fictional worlds, uh, established well, facts. Yes, but they use canon in a way that's different than the, you know, classic use of the word canon. I mean, it's become a new thing. I mean, there's the critical canon. All this is in the article as well. Um, and then, like, a church canon. Those kinds of things. And then now it's become sort of a a word that describes what really exists in this fictional universe, what's true, not true, right? Isn't that what I just said? Yeah, but <laughs> that's not the traditional meaning what, of the word canon itself. Saying. It's the definition I mean it's been changed. That, when I think of canon, that's what I like I think of comic books and you know um, Right. And see when I think of canon, I yeah. think of um, Shakespeare and, you know, the right. critical canon, things like that. Yeah. The smart people can. <laughs> <laughs> so it starts off, like we said, talking about Snyder and specifically, criticism. <laughs> and specifically, uh, the criticism that he got when, you know, Superman killed Zod and Man of Steel. And they said, oh, they changed Superman. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm all about the canon. And it kind of launches into this discussion of, of how canon relates to, uh, to fans, to creators, to would-be fans. And how fans, particularly people who have glommed onto something in, in, for, for the long haul and have all the backstory and information, kind of use that information as status in right. in this new uh, kind of geek culture rise that's uh, spreading and and how I don't know how perspective kind of shifts from different groups you know uh, how it can be exclusionary for for would be fans like it can be impenetrable like we were talking the other day about our podcast and to me this is always. Like, I know we describe it on the website as, as a pop culture podcast, and I like talking about all those things. But to me, this is, at its core, a comic book podcast. And you were like, oh, we can't call it that <laughs> because we don't, you know, we just started reading comics three, four years ago. Right. And you were like, I don't I don't have all that background information. I am not a, an expert, and I don't feel comfortable calling it a comic book podcast. And that's just, like, I, I don't have all that information either. I just always felt like... It's a comic book co podcast where we talk about all these other things. Uh, but it does. It. I don't want to jump ahead, but like the greater point of the article is it's a personal thing. There should right. be a personal thing is what it boils down to. You know, what what you like about that story, about those characters, that's what's great right. about it's it. the individual canon. Yeah. Rather than, and this is um, something that stuck out to me about the Zack Snyder quote, and I have the quote here. Um, it says, if you're a comic book fan, you know that I didn't change Superman. You know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a comic book fan and I always default to the true canon. Well, just the words true canon. I mean, can there really be a true canon? The story's been changed and rebooted so many times. What is true canon? And what? who gets to decide what's included and what's not included? Um, yeah, I thought one of the interesting things he said in the article was, creators most of the time have a looser relationship with with their canon than right so they can be the creative <laughs> and they can have creative freedom yeah um and artistic freedom and he talked about george rr R. martin and game of thrones how he, 
those books are so long and he's written so much that he he has he to reach out basically fans, to professional yeah. fans to say what what happened here right. what exactly uh, keep me on track yeah i mean i feel like just the idea of the canon can be very divisive you know people use it as sort of some sort of elite status symbol like you mentioned before to I don't know, give themselves a sense of importance right. um, over people who just are trying to be casual enjoyers right. of of a franchise or of a, of a single movie even um, taken for at face value as wanting to go see this one movie because this one movie seems like it's well done. Um, and And that's just an interesting concept to me. In general, because it's sort of something I think about, you know, like, I don't ever want to get caught by someone who knows more about the background than me and be tested. And and I shouldn't have to feel that way. And neither right. should anyone. And so, but there is something to be said about the enjoyment someone gets from having all the background knowledge. And this article pointed out, you know, um, they called it the Easter egg thing, but they also called it or a dog whistle, which I think was a little bit. Um, I found uh, the tone of the article yes. a little patronizing. Yes, it was. That's, that's the one I'm looking for. <laughs> I, I like the point of the article. Right. Um, even the title kind of turned me off. Just well, that's why I clicked on it. I was like, what does yeah. this mean? You know, um, but I understand the point they're trying that he's trying to make. Elton. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's got a lot of But I do good feel points. like the tone is a little bit. I mean, it's definitely coming from the side of, I don't have all the background knowledge. Um, it's not completely um, objective, and it shouldn't be. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I, I do still see it as Easter eggs, because it seems like it's fun if you if you recognize and see something that is put in there for the enjoyment of people that... Yeah, and there's tons of that in Batman v Superman, but he also says, you know, things like The Flash on the CW has tons of that stuff, which we don't we don't know all of it. We, we know a lot of it, but the kids don't know um, right, and they enjoy any of that stuff, the and they love the show. Right. Um, so it's just different levels, of, yeah. But yeah. Uh, one of the other points that he made in the article that I thought was really good was... Um, how it's kind of used in a kind of a disgusting sexist kind of way for like the boys club where they, you know, if a, if a woman shows interest, um, you know, a lot of times they'll be, it'll, they'll automatically be assumed to be a a poser or whatever and have Mm -hmm. their knowledge tested. And it's like, Come on, uh, it happens. I know uh, it's it happens. The just that attitude is ridiculous. But. I also don't like the the idea that if you don't know everything ever written about a story, that you don't have the right to criticize yeah. something coming from the story now. And that's just you know like the stuff with the Teen Titan cover, um, and and that was specifically mentioned in the article as well. And then there was something else as well, um, but you know things like that, like. Yeah, like, like you oh, need to well, have you, a certain... You don't know, so you can't criticize because you're not a fan. Well, no. Right. Sorry about my bona fides, but yeah. it still sucks. <laughs> yeah. Or, and this is still insulting and degrading or or bad, you know? <laughs> like, no. Um, 
So, and I mean, it's interesting because now, especially with Game of Thrones, the next book hasn't come out and they've filmed the next season of Game of Thrones. Kind of leveled the playing field for. Right. So (laughs) there's going to be a clear deviation between what happens on the story. I mean, in the book's story rather than what happens in the TV story. And that's. I mean, that's just how it is, right. you know? Um, and I haven't read any of the Game of Thrones books stuff at no. all, and I feel like I enjoy that show just as much as anyone. Right. So. Yeah, I thought it was a great article. Um, yeah, just um, as far as ideas. Things to think about. Um, and I wonder what it's. I mean, I wonder how much we would enjoy these superhero movies if we weren't into. That's why I was, you know, that's what I was thinking when I was, you know, talking to my dad about Batman v Superman. But then I was also thinking everybody, everybody that I know who has seen the movie, but is not into comic books has texted me and said that movie was awesome. I don't know what the critics were talking about. That's every, yeah, that even people just the weekend that it came out and we went to yeah. see it. And, you know, I have my Wonder Woman tattoo. It was warm that weekend. People could see it. And they're like, oh, have you seen the movie? Everyone was like, it was so good. I don't right. know what people are saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I see the um, official criticism of it being, you know, what it is and not. Right. It's a little, it's just a little highbrow. To, yeah. to criticize it in that way, which is, is fine. Yeah. It's not wrong. It's just, it's mean, just a different perspective. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, I still really liked it. Me too. And I, I cannot wait for more DC movies, even though they are striking a different tone than the awesome Marvel movies that are coming out. So, I don't know. You want to move on to department H? Yes. So Department H, number one from Dark Horse, Mm -hmm. came out this past week, written by, with an art by Matt Kent. Yes. Who we we really like. Drawing by Matt Kent. And, you know. Colors by Charlene Kent. Right. Sister, wife. 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 So they're a creative team, just like us. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly like us. (laughs) And anytime we talk about Matt Kent, I can't not say what a nice person he is. When we met him in person, he just made us so comfortable. The whole comic book convention thing was new to us, and I didn't really know how to talk to people and have like feel like I'm not asking stupid questions or geeking out about their work. And he just was easy to talk to and so nice and drew a little sketch in, in our book that we bought. And yeah, I really like um, basically everything that I've read. I still haven't been able to get into mind management yet, but we're going to, I'm going to. Yeah. Once you read it, then we'll have to, I mean, we only have volume one. Right. I, once you read it, you're going to immediately want to get volume two. I've just been waiting. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, we've read a ton of other stuff. Uh, Rye, mm-hmm. which is awesome. It is. And I'm so behind. I need to just gather up all those books and read them in a weekend. Yeah. Uh, Past Aways that just finished. Which I wasn't super into, but maybe I need to go back and read it all as a whole. Yeah. And it's done. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. a limited kind of series. Uh, this one. So... There, I don't know where to start because there's when when you put it, you read it first, and 
you, I feel like, came away a little less than super enthusiastic about the story. I was a little underwhelmed, probably because I just expected it to really jump in. Yeah. And there's... Just, I mean, it's it's a setup story. Like, it's a, the story sets up for what's going to happen. Right, and there's all these quotes on it about how good it is from all these people in the comic book industry. Um, I think I liked the issue more than you did. Not that you disliked it, but I, I really liked the first issue. But I do think that some other people have read more because even I got on uh, CBR and read some of the like interviews with Matt Kent and stuff and. Even in the intro to the interview, they had more information in that four paragraphs about the series as a whole than we had reading uh, the first issue going into the first issue. So, yeah, it's so it's a right now, I guess, 24 ep- episodes, 24 <laughs> issue run is planned. Each each issue is going to be an hour in the life of the main character. Oh, that's interesting. Mia. And so this. So it's a one day. It's all going to be one day. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't know that. Right. One of the many things. <laughs> so I don't know. Mia is the, the book starts off with her getting ready for this deep dive to go down to basically the floor of the ocean, seven miles down. And it, it took me um, flipping back and forth through the pages to really follow exactly what was going on. I didn't get that they had stopped kind of halfway down and rested. Yeah. (laughs) And then kept going. Um, But she's on her way down because her father, who ran Department H, who apparently, according to the cover, was the smartest man in the world, in Department H is part of the underwater science exploration and research organization. Mm -hmm. And they have this base at the bottom of the ocean that does that research uh her father was murdered and so it's like this locked room mystery well they know they know he was murdered i know but some of the people are saying it was just an accident right but But ultimately it's a mole type situation um and it's it's a locked room mystery which i love right it's really I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I'm excited for that. Like, I was excited to read it to begin with. Me too. uh, But I'm really looking forward to it going forward. And, you know, she travels to the bottom of the the ocean. You slowly get introduced to all these characters. You find out what's going on. There are flashbacks um, Mm -hmm. where, you know, the coloring changes uh, to kind of a whitewash um, instead of full color. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what's what's going on in the timeline. And, uh, I don't know. She goes out, checks out like the, the, the quote unquote crime scene, the, the place where the, the death happened. And, uh, I don't know. My impression is my impression. And also what I read (laughs) in, in in the article. And did you read the letter in the back that Matt Kent wrote? I didn't. Oh, you, you should. I should. It's, I mean, it's, it's short, but it it talks about how the success of a, of an ongoing series depends on people buying it month to month. So he's going to include things in the monthly issues that won't be in collected trades and, Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. But it also talks a lot about how many little clues and mysteries there are 
in in every you know not every panel but throughout every book there's going to be like clues to the mystery of what happened down there oh so we can we can yeah be detectives along with and not just observers nice yeah it's very exciting uh but yeah i don't know there's there's a lot of stuff going on the first issue um and you know a lot of i really liked how they talked about mia's i guess kind of this space explorer as well she's like an astronaut as well as um just a scientist who's Mm -hmm. going down to the bottom of the ocean and how she compared floating in space to the pressure of the, you know, the ocean being underneath all the, all that water and the pressure of life. And there's like, just basically the whole theme of the book is like all this pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Do you have more stuff about the book? No, I mean, I feel like I need another issue to wrap and I probably should go back and read the letter. Um, I'm really interested to see how it goes. My mind's already, you know, gears are turning about who could it be? Cause there's the, you know, list of suspects right there at the end. One of them's her brother. Yeah. It's just. Right. The last page was cool with all the faces of everybody who's down there. And a little description for each person. Mm-hmm. Matt Kent is just a good storyteller. And that's my favorite thing about yeah. things. If it's not a good story, <laughs> then I mean, and I've mentioned it a million times, you know, if, Neil Gaiman, Neil Gaiman. I mean, but just good stories are what keep me interested, keep me motivated to, to continue. Yeah. Um, I really like, uh, one of the things I like about the way he writes is a lot of just the offhanded, like kind of sciencey things that he just kind of throws out there that, you know, sound legit. Uh, I'm sure there's right. uh, at least a little research I like behind the breakdown of the out of the, the, su- the, of suit. the suit. That's one of the things yeah, that, that that was cool. That wouldn't be in like the collected. Oh, is it right? Oh, cool. Uh, so I also uh, thought it was interesting. All of his paper. Yeah. choices it's not glossy um it's the same as mind management i don't remember Pastaways. Pastaways was glossy right? right um something about that just feels it just has a different feel for the reading experience yeah i really liked it yeah i really liked everything about the book really. i like his art style it's yeah not it's super very clean. different yeah <laughs> it's um it just very um loose and it flows. It just, I don't know. It's one of those things where I think when I first started reading comics, if I had picked up that book, I would have been like, well, the art in here kind of sucks, but that's stupid. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just because it's not Jim Lee. Right. Um, you know, it, it's, it's it's like so amazing to me actually. Um, it's just very, it's simple and, um, it's, I love that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it does not suck. (laughs) I guess we'll leave it at that. Looking forward to the second issue next month, but, uh, I guess that'll probably wrap up this episode though. Yeah. So we can be found on the internet. Geekchew.com is our website. You can download the episodes there or subscribe via iTunes or Stitcher, leave a rating review. 
We have a Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. And, um, I don't know. Glad to be back. I felt like we missed a week and I felt like we didn't miss a lot. But then when I was trying to put stuff down on paper to do this episode, I was like, I feel like we have too much stuff to talk about now. Well, I think that's good, though, because I feel like last recording, it was just we had fewer things. I think it's nice to I don't want to take a break and go to every other week. But, you know, what did we go? Ten, ten episodes. Yeah, something like that. And then missed a week. I don't think that's terrible. Yeah. But that's it. But yeah, we'll be back next week. So probably. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't sass me. <laughs> Until then, it was fun. It was smart. We liked it. And it didn't suck. <laughs> Word. <laughs>